All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host. And this is episode 005. We're getting so close to 007. We're almost there, yo. All right, this episode is being brought to you by Hell or High Watermelon IPA Beer, which I had this weekend. Uh, changed my life. It tastes like I'm drinking watermelon, like, jugo, like, Jugo de, de sandia, but that's just an IPA, so, you know, that shit gets you drunk. Um, so, yeah, so, this is why this episode is bringing, brought to you by Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer. It's an IPA. It's from 21st Amendment Brewery. Not sure where that's at, but you should look for it. You should get it. You should taste it. Let me know what you think. And this is episode 005, and remember, it's just a talk, is where we talk some tea, talk some truth, but we always have time to talk some shit. So if you're ready, because I'm ready, let's go ahead and get this Spanglish political queer millennial shady podcast on its way. When I say it all together, it makes me feel like I'm going on a roller coaster, like I'm almost going like on Galae. If you've never been on Galae, you need to go to Goliath. And then you just drop. And when you drop, that's when the party's going to get started. So right now we're dropping. <laughs> We're back, and we're going to go ahead and start this episode as quick as possible because we have a lot of things to talk about, a lot of feelings to get out of my chest. Um, So we're going to start with another, you know, segment of how was your week? So I'm going to, you know, just speed through the week. We're going to do some episode talking, talk about American Horror Story, finally get to talk about how to get a women murder this time. Um, And then tonight, actually, it's the brand new, like, uh, reboot of Charm, which I have not watched, but hopefully I'll catch it next week, and we'll catch up episode one and two by next week, uh, because I was a Charm baby. Like, I grew up with the original Charm with Alyssa Milano, and the other homegirls were on it, and all I, all I know is that this reboot, they're brujas, like, son Latinas, and so I'm kind of excited for that. I'm ready for some, like, Mexican brujeria, some Puerto Rican brujeria, some Santeria up in here, maybe Aja will pop up, and her brujeria song will pop up. Anyways, we'll talk about it later, but right now we're going to go ahead and and start another segment of how was your week? So my week this week, uh, I, for those of you that don't know, I've been just trying to transition from one position to another. Um, this summer I worked at the mayor's office, uh, and it was like a summer thing, so that shit ended. Um, and then I, it was probably like four jobs I want to say where I got the job, and then una y otra cosa pasaron, and then I just didn't get to start. The last one was actually because of HR. There was some issue with my credential, girl. Like, when I say it's hard to be a teacher, it's hella hard to be a teacher. Like, it's no joke. Entonces, 
this way no puedo empezar otro trabajo. So I've just been doing that interview after interview after interview after interview. Cuando I know the questions que me van a preguntar, like, oh, tell us a little more about yourself. Well, my name is Mauricio. I have been working in education for as Ya me la sé. Entonces, I've been, I went on like five different, six different ones this week. Um, thankfully, I have follow-up interviews this coming week. So stay tuned. Might be announcing a new job soon. Crossing my fingers, my toes, and everything that I can. Uh, other than that, you know, I've been just trying to live my best life, and I have a bunch of time to my to just to give. So I decided I was going to volunteer for a campaign. So I've been volu- I talked about this earlier. Um, so I've been volunteering for the Measure AA campaign here in Oakland. It's called the Children's Initiative, and what the Children's Initiative is going to do. It's going to ensure that all students, uh, all children, zero to four, will have affordable, if not free, um, child care, and as well as affordable, if not free, preschool. Uh, and I remember I talked, I think it was episode three where I talked about this, where, like, the reason why this is important is because studies show that students develop by the age of five. And so if you don't go to preschool uh, before five, then a lot of our of the students are already, you know, Develop their brain is already developed by the time they get to kinder, and it's a lot harder. Also, preschools shows like I guess studies show that students that go to preschool have higher graduation rates, and so the goal is that if we have this affordable preschool uh, and childcare, parents will be able to work. A, they won't have to spend so much money on childcare and preschool because it's heck kind of expensive. If you have a baby, if you have children, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have children, yo, like. Childcare is expensive. Like some childcare is almost as expensive as like I would say like rent. And so Measure A will help with this with the people of Oakland. So I've been volunteering with them. I've been doing like twenty, thirty hours a week, like phone banking, um, training volunteers, just doing anything that I can. And hopefully crossing my fingers because I'm every day I'm around the mayor and the director of education and, you know, the assembly people and the senators of California. I'm crossing my fingers that because they see my face every day, they'll be like, Oh yeah Mauricio do you want a job? Here's a job. Um, really hoping that happens. So if you're listening to this and you see me volunteering, give your girl a job. Just do it, please. You know I can do shit. All right, so I'm going to move on. Uh, because I have a lot of free time, on Wednesday I went hiking to this hike called Mission Peak. If you ever come to uh, the Bay to visit me and you're really into hiking, tell me. I'll take you to Mission Peak. It's a really hard hike, but then at the end it has this really cool pole that people like take Instagram pictures at. It's really cool. Anyways, uh, I went with some of my friends, some of the queens, because uh, you know the queens we like to we like to hike too. And the funny part is that. The three of, there's three of us who, you know, we job searching. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with our time. But the shit is que nos agarró la lluvia. Like, we were hiking back. And by the way, it takes almost like two hours to get to the top and then two hours to get back. La lluvia nos agarró bien en feo. Like, we were drenched. Like, estaba, like, all I could think about it is that sound like, she's leaking, she's soaking wet, shake it like a salt, shake it, shake it like a salt. That's all I could think about porque estábamos goteando. Like, no era la gota gorda. Like, this was real rain. I didn't know what was sweat and what was, what was rain. Like, it was all mixture. Um, so yeah, so you probably saw my, my, my snap story, bitch was, we were not sweating, we were drenched in agua, 
Um, yeah, so then I did First Friday. Okay, again, if you come ever come to the Bay to visit me, First Friday happens the first Friday of every month. There you go. It's really it's self-explanatory. And it's like a huge, like, uh festival like art and music festival uh it's closed off it's downtown oakland people you know we sneak in some alcohol and we get the party started uh it was really fun like i was living my best life at one point i was feeling myself and i was i bought fried chicken and waffles because you know i remember i said fried chicken is my favorite food so i bought some fried chicken and waffles i was feeling myself because i had an ipa and a brown bag because you know we, we, were feeling, we were feeling classy so i wanted a brown bag um, and they were playing the wobble and like the, sh- the cupid shuffle so my friends took a picture of me legit dancing while eating my fried chicken like i casaba yo like taking a bite of of the of the of the leg of the fried chicken but still doing the wobble because you know we still want to dance but we still want to eat so that should tell you that i had a blast it was a lot of fun um and then last night i had an epiphany i went to see the ballet for cortico at sam in samples um my friend manny is in it and so we went to see him and i just had like an epiphany that like i want to get back to dancing and i really really want to get back to dancing i did uh florico in middle school in elementary i did it uh somewhat in high school and somewhat in in college i started doing it in college then i joined sigma lambda beta international fraternity incorporated and i joined the stroke team the step team so i don't really have time to do florico and i've been just juggling on this idea of either doing like danza azteca to like reconnect with like ancestors and like what our ancestors did and this idea of like maybe getting back to folklorico so last night i was blown away um yeah so i'm thinking i might do it you just might see some of my videos have practices and stuff i know it's a little expensive so bitch gotta get a job first and then we can talk about joining ballet folklorico ensembles because my friend Manny told me it's, you know, a, a, a quick buck. Um, pero I want to get back to dancing, you know? want to get back to, like, yeah, oh, wearing a charro suit. Like, if I, okay, if, if I ever get married, FYI, if I, keyword if, if, if I ever get married, my ideal wedding is, and I've always thought about this, um, because I'm gay, and just like girls plan their wedding, I guess gays plan their wedding too, at least I do. Um, I want to get married in like a traditional, like, um, like indigenous, like, look. Like, traditional indigenous either of my mom from Michoacan. And then whoever, the person that I'm marrying, my partner, whatever their traditional is, whether they're Mexican or not, if they're... You know, whatever. I know they're going to be a person of color, so that's all I know. Um, so then they're traditional garments. And then, for the party, I really want to put a charro outfit on. Like, how fucking badass would be to, like, be at the, in La Fiesta in a charro outfit. And I want, like, my my best my, my best groomsmen to wear charro outfits. I'm going to be wearing a white one, because, you know, I'm special. And I'm going to be wearing the black ones. And then... I'm gonna have girls in my court también, so they're gonna be wearing like the, um, like the fricorico skirts and stuff, you know, you know, just in case if I ever get married. Not that it's gonna, not that it's gonna happen, but if I ever were to get married, that's how a bitch would do it. I'm just saying, you know. All right, so spoiler alert: 
Porque, como les dije, when, I, when I'm going to start talking about shows, I really want to just, like, pause, give you a chance. I'm going to say spoiler alert, like I'm doing right now. And then this is going to come on. And now we can start talking. All right, so we're going to start talking about American Horror Story Apocalypse. Yo, when this season started, I was not convinced. I was just not convinced. I was like, you know what? Maybe, because the last season wasn't that great. So I was like, maybe Coven is the best that this series can do. Like, I don't think it's going to get any better. Like, I can, you know, put my hopes down. It's not going to get any better. Pero this last episode, yo, this last episode, I fell off my chair. I was so happy. So this last episode, we we got to find out more about Michael Landon. Michael Landon, um, I guess he must have been, like, adopted or something by the character that Kathy Bates plays, Miriam Mead. And there's this really eerie, like, opening scene of them eating. And, and then La Camara, like, moves over and you could see, like, she has, like, an altar for, like, the, like... Satan, the devil, which is kind of scary to say when I'm inside this fucking closet. I'm just saying. I'm recording from my closet again, and it's la noche. And then me saying that, I'm like, oh, bitch, y si hablo esta puerta, y si me parece algo, ni ganas. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> um, y como se llama? Uh, then we fast forward, and we find out on Coven, we found out that there was a coven of women witches, right? Entonces, I will but in the first coven, because I guess this is, like, the second coven, I would say this is, like, the second coven. At least I wish it is. In the, in the original American Horror Story coven, cuando estaba, like, the the council, the council had a guy. And so that made me think, like, oh, then there is guy witches, or a.k.a. warlord warlocks, warlords, warlocks, very warlocks. Entonces, in this episode, we get to find out that there is warlocks. And boys also, like, learn, like, tricks and magic, and they're, like, they're, like, warlocks, como male witches. Pero in the world of witch, like witchcraft and wizardy, like very Harry Potter of me, the women witches are the ones that have the power, which, you know, if women have the power, we wouldn't be in the shit that we are right now in the country. But that's beside the point. We'll talk about that later. Entonces, we get to find out this whole world of, like, uh, men witches, a.k.a. warlocks. Entonces, we get to find out that, like, Michael Landon has powers. He gets to, he, they bring him in to, like, give him tests. And he's, like, the most, he like, has all these crazy powers. But it's almost like something takes over. Like, some evil takes over him when he's trying to utilize his powers, which might be why Kathy Bates, a.k.a. Mary and me, like, la adoptó or, like, stole him or something. Porque she, like, believes in the devil. Entonces, yo creo que por eso, like, she raised him and maybe did some sort of, like, reverse exorcism on his ass y le metió el demonio, you know? When I was a kid, my mom used to say que yo el demonio adentro, but that was only because, like, I was a bad kid. Pero anyways, and regardless, Entonces, we get to find out about this whole new world. We get to see the witches again. Ah, so exciting. We get to see Cordelia. And we get to see uh, just everybody else, like all the other witches with her. Entonces, uh, the reason why they come to the male coven or, you know, the warlocks is porque they want to put Michael London and, like, they want to make him see que haga los seven, like, tests to see if he could be a supreme. But in this world, only women can be supreme. But they're supposedly, like, 
like this um this theory, I guess, not a theory. It's like a, a, a legend or algo así. Somebody como se dice. That like one day a man will rise to be a supreme. Entonces ellos piensan que es Michael Landon. My favorite scene is when uh, Cordelia is like, no, he will not do the seven wonders or seven tests. Y le dicen, but why? Why do you get to make that decision? And she tur- she looks at them and says, because I'm the fucking supreme. And I was like, yes, queen, yes, naps. Entonces, <laughs> I'm sorry, I get really excited. Um, we get to see that, like, they talk about Queenie and how she's stuck in the hotel, in the Hotel Cortez, which is the hotel that, like, American Horse or Hotel happened, the one that Lady Gaga was in. So they're like missing all these seasons, and I actually love it. Uh, entonces, Cordelia tries to take Queenie out of this hotel. She can't. Entonces, Michael Landon, porque uh, hizo obtiene muchos poderes del diablo, um, se mete al hotel and he takes Queenie out. Then he goes to hell and he takes Madison out of her hell because she was stuck in her hell of like like working with customers and the episode ends when like the like Cordelia and the the council is walking out and Michael Landon is walking towards them with Queenie and with Madison and Cordelia said it's mania like she Wendy Williams that shit remember like Wendy Williams last year and during Halloween cuando se desmayó that was Cordelia right there she was like oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. it's it's Maria <laughs> That's the best thing that I could think of, like Wendy Williams just passing out. Um, so that's what happened with American Horror Story. Theories. So I'll come up with my theories. My theory is obviously que tiene el demonio adentro, Michael Landon, and he has like an evil spirit because Cordelia was saying that like she couldn't take Queenie out of the Hotel Cortez because her, she couldn't feel like her, her, her like light because like the witches, they like have magic from like good light. But the Hotel Cortez is evil. And so that's why Michael Landon was able to control it. Because he tiene el demonio. You know? Uh, other theory is that uh, they're going to fight. They got to fight. Like, we're going to see some, like, fucking, like, Dragon Ball C-Balls. Some, you know, like, some Adugat. Some, you know, some um, Harry Potter, you know, with their wands and everything happened uno al otro. But I'm pretty sure we're going to get more backstory in the next episode. Because in the present, after the apocalypse, like, when she was like, we came to save the world, like, he was like, sure, you and what army, or something like that. Entonces, he knows que tiene más poder que Cordelia, because he's, like, the chosen one or whatever. Anyways, moving on. How do I get away with murder? So I didn't talk about last episode, but okay. With how do we get away with murder? I feel like every episode, it's like they go back and forth, back and forth. Entonces, I feel like the reason why they do that is because they're trying to set up, like, what's happening. The first episode, we found out that, like, uh, th- there's the gay wedding. So obviously, um, the couple gets married. Entonces, there's, it's during snow, and we find out that somebody gets killed in the snow. We find out that Bonnie kills someone in the snow. In the second episode, we find out that it can't be Michaela or Laurel because Bonnie has the baby. It can't also be uh, Annalise porque Annalise es, le está hablando con uh, the guy y le está diciendo, you know, le una cachetada. He's like, tell me what happened. So, I don't know who's dead. And I have my theories. 
we also find a new character. So Gabriel is the new character. Where does Gabriel come? He's a new Middleton University student. And then miramos que the detective is, like, trying to find out if Gabe. I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to find out if Gabriel is Bonnie's son. Because when Bonnie was... Um, raped and she had a baby. The baby disappeared. Y nunca lo miraron. Entonces, when he did like the DNA test, it said that it was a match. But they don't know who's the DNA, whose DNA it is. They we only know that the cup is Bonnie's DNA, but we don't know who's the other DNA is. My theory is that it's Gabriel. That's why Frank is trying to like do all this, like trying to get to his like get the information on his phone which by the way who the fuck still has a flip phone can we just talk about that in the second episode where frank is playing basketball with gabriel and then he says i want to drink some water and he has this like device to try and like um copy um gabriel's phone to his phone he pops out a fucking flip phone who still has a flip phone this is not 2006 the last time i had a flip phone was 2006 2007 when i had graduated high school my high school friends who listen this will attest that we had flip phones then or like those nokias and i remember i felt like i was a badass bitch because i had a racer because you know if you had a racer or a sidekick you 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 made it you you made it so who still has a flip phone so that's sketch as fuck, which makes me believe that maybe this Gabriel is, like, working with someone, and the only reason why he might have a flip phone is because it's, like, a burner phone, so it's maybe the phone where, like, the people that are paying him to, like, fuck shit up is on the llaman. Entonces, you know, uh, the episode was cool. I talked about uh, a gay Muslim woman who was being, um, I guess, accused of, of killing her wife, um, and we get to talk about, like, immigration and how for a lot of these like queer people who immigrate here is because of safety because like when they go back to their countries it's like a death sentence because like a couple episodes back i talked about how there's a bunch of countries where like being queer being gay lgbt is like a death sentence because these countries it's either illegal or penalty by death so we get to really hone in on that and then we get to find out like this the son of the mom was the one that killed him because he's like this like white nationalist like racist asshole and though he wanted the the mom's wife who was muslim to like go to jail and then be if she was gonna be convicted then then she would get deported and then she would be to get killed in her country so it was really cool that we got to see that because i don't think a lot of people understand uh asylum they don't understand like the dangers that a lot of immigrants uh who immigrate here um you know are experiencing in their own home countries and why it's so important that they get an asylum status or even for lgbt people especially um it's rather dangerous in a lot of these countries. Uh, so, yeah, so then um, after that, we are going to then go ahead and move on to the next section. So if you are fast-forwarding, this is the point where we stop. All right, and we're going to go ahead and move on to our question of the week.
right, all right, all right. Welcome back to our question of the week portion of It's Just a Talk. Today, uh, our question is rather easy. It was one of my favorite things to teach um, when I was a teacher. And it was basically debunking what we had learned in life. Uh, so if you went to public school, like myself, um, if you survived the public school system, then you probably remember that we learned that this Monday or today or wherever you're listening to this past Monday, the mon- the second Monday in October, we celebrate this uh, young Italian fellow that we like to call Christopher Columbus. And we learned about him through song. We learned how he, quote-unquote, discovered America. He remember it says, in 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, X, Y, and C. Okay, so our question of the week is Christopher Columbus, hero or villain? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and debunk a couple things about Christopher Columbus that a lot of people who are not aware and still believe your third grade teacher that Christopher Columbus discovered America might not know. So I would categorize Christopher Columbus as a villain, um, but I would also categorize him as a dumbass villain. So Christopher Columbus actually did not discover America. He didn't even land in North America. He actually landed in the West Indies. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you a couple things that Christopher Columbus did not do. Alright, so uh, a lot of people say, or a lot of people learn that Christopher Columbus proved that the earth is round. And then the reason why he went on this voyage is because he wanted to prove that you didn't just fall off from the ocean into, like, nothing. That you can go all the way around because the world was round. Uh, that's fault. It's a complete lie. Uh, because as early as the 6th century, it was actually Pythagoras, later followed by Aristotle and Euclid, who wrote about the earth as a sphere. So, uh, learn your history. It was not Christopher Columbus. So that's one myth that we are going to debunk. Uh, another myth is that we learned that in 1492, he took a trip across the Atlantic on the Niña, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Uh, also false. Uh, the Santa Maria was actually known as La Gallega, meaning the Galician, and La Niña was a nickname to the original ship called the Santa Clara. They're not sure what the Pinta was a nickname to, but it was actually not the name of the sh- of the boat. So, my theory is that it just sounded cute when you heard little kindergartners and little third graders singing in 1492, he sailed the ocean blue on the Pinta Santa Maria in La Nina. Uh, so, not true. Another. Uh, Columbus, did not, again, he did not discover America. He actually landed in various Caribbean islands through all of his voyages that he made. Uh, Caribbean islands are now known as the Bahamas. That later he, they renamed Hispaniola. 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 I don't know how to say it. But they named it that before it was the Bahamas. So he did not land in North America or even South America at that. So he was a pendejo. Um, Columbus was actually brutal. He actually created genocide. He thought the reason why we call him 
for so many years, it was Indian style, and Native Americans were called Indians, was because of this belief that Christopher Columbus landed in India. So he wanted to land in India because they were looking for spices to make their food last longer. So now we have refrigerators. Back then, they used to put spices on food. They used to make them last longer. Uh, so he... He was looking for a quicker way to get to India. This pendejo thought that he landed in India, so he called the people of the Caribbean and the West Indies Indias, Indians. He killed thousands of women, children, and men. Uh, him and his men raped thousands of women, which is why a lot of our names um, have Spanish backgrounds, yes. So uh, names uh, like Garcia and Campos, and there's so many names that are common to Latin America that are actually names that came from the colonizers who probably killed and raped your ancestors. Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds horrible, but it's true. So, actually, Christopher Columbus Day, the first recorded Christopher Columbus Day in the United States was not recorded until October 12, 1792, and it was celebrated by the Italian-American people uh, during its Heritage Month. And the very first uh, time that a president said this day will be Christopher Columbus Day was in 1937 by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So you have to understand that in this country, we've always alienated the immigrants. At the time, uh, a lot of the immigrants were coming from Italy, from Italian backgrounds, and so they wanted to, um, as an Italian-American or Italian Heritage Month, they wanted to find someone, they would find, the people in America would find common ground with people from Italy. So they started this myth that Christopher Columbus was Italian and that he worked to discover America, and if it wasn't for the Italian Christopher Columbus, America might not be a thing. So that myth actually grew over the years and years until 1937 when Roosevelt proclaimed it Christopher Columbus Day. Now, we know that it's a fucking lie. It's like, man, basura. So, uh... In the recent times, and starting in the early 90s, a lot of different cities have changed their name of Christopher Columbus. It's no longer a national holiday. Now it's a regional holiday for people, a regional, a regional celebration, because there's a lot of different cities that have changed their name, basically give celebration to the indigenous, indigenous people that were murdered and just killed, because that's the same thing as murdered. Um because of colonizers. Uh, cities like Berkeley in 1992 uh, proclaimed Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, in 1989, South Dakota started calling the holiday Native American Day. Alabama celebrates a combination of Columbus Day and American Indian Heritage Day. And Hawaii, along with um, many other islands, actually call it Discovery Day. Um, other countries celebrate Columbus with different holidays. Uh, for example, in the Bahamas, they call it Dia de la Hispanidad. Or in Spain, they call it the Fiesta Nacional, the national holiday or national party. So, there you go. I debunked a couple of the shit that we learned for Christopher Columbus. No, he did not discover America. No, he did not even land in America. Yes, he was a bigot and a murderer and a rapist. Um, sounds like, you know, 
some of our politicians. Most recently, some people in our Supreme Court. I'm just saying. All right, well, that um, concludes our question of the week. If you have anything else that you would like to say about Christopher Columbus other than fuck Christopher Columbus, um, I would love to hear it. Go ahead and get at me on my social media at It's Just A Talk or an email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. All right, and we're going to move on to our next segment. Welcome to our net section of It's Just a Talk, where we award our person of color or a queer person the Excellence of the Week Award. This week, our person of color of Excellence of the Week Award, that is a tongue twister, it's a full mouth, whatever you want to call it. It's actually going to go to um, Idaho's own Paulette Jordan. So if you have not been hearing the news, the primaries are actually coming. Um, And you might say, I mean, not the primaries, the midterms. Oh, Lord Jesus. Somebody's going to murder me for that. The midterm elections are coming. The midterm elections happen in between a presidential election. and And they're usually not as popular as presidential elections, but they're actually just important because it's a time where we get to either keep or replace people in the House of Representatives or the Senate. So uh, for those 50 senators that uh, voted uh, for this rapist to be on the Supreme Court, it's our time to say, Sácate de aquí, basura. We also vote for mayors and governors during our midterm selection, so that's why it's very important. This takes us to Paulette Jordan. Paulette Jordan is actually... The current House of Representatives in Idaho. She represents the Democratic Party. She started in 2014. So the reason why this is important is because Idaho is usually a red state. Red state meaning there is usually a Republican state. And she is representing the Democratic Party and then became part of the House of Representatives. She is also the first indigenous woman to sit on the House of Representatives, and currently she is the first indigenous woman and the first Democratic Party person to be the in favor of winning to be governor in Idaho. This would make her the nation's first Native American governor. So I want to give this award to this kick-ass girl, Paulette Jordan, Badass. She is in the governor's race, who's, again, it's going to happen in November. Like I said, she'll be the first female governor of the state, but not just the first female governor. Like I said, she'll also be the nation's first Native American governor, which is insane if you think about it on today, Indigenous People's Day. This is very important for me to give it to this woman. Um, it's a tough rate. She's running in a deep red state, like I said, and she and that hasn't elected a Democratic governor since 1990. But Jordan has challenged his Expectations before. In 2008, like I said, she became the youngest person elected to the Sur de Aline Tribal Council, which is part of the sovereign Native American government. In 2014, she was elected to Idaho's House of Representatives as a Democrat, like I said. 
She supports expanding Medicaid, raising the minimum wage, decriminalizing cannabis, and legalizing medical cannabis, which is marijuana, and fighting climate change and protecting public lands. She's also been endorsed by Planned Parenthood and the gay queen, Cher. Uh, If you don't know, uh, Cher is like the gay queen. Uh, I don't know why. I came into my gaydom, and somebody just told me she's the queen, and I was like, okay, I guess. But Cher has endorsed her. Uh, So things she has actually said... Again, quote, for me, being indigenous, you are definitely born in a political life. Everything from the earlier treaties to relations, the things that we negotiated, like having access to clean air and water and access to education, that was all politicized. So you're raised to understand what that means. My relatives are all chiefs, men and women who have led for thousands of years on this land. That is unlike anyone else because no one else has seen this kind of leadership played into national government. The way we run, though it is not a political party, it's always based on the sole need of the people. And I think that's why people have been so drawn to my message. They see that I'm not any political party. I'm about the partnership, and they'll see that my voice really does reflect the people, whether they're Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian, or even unaffiliated. And it's all about the legacy of leadership that I stem from. From a very young age, since I could speak, I was already handed the Mike and speaking publicly and leading people. I was truly raised by my elders. They crafted me not to only learn from their life lessons, but to learn their experiences, but to build from them. Uh, I want to move to Idaho, so... I can vote for Paulette Jordan. So if you're in Idaho or know people in Idaho, please hit that up. Make sure they vote for our POC person of the week, of excellence of the week, Paulette Jordan. Congrats, girl. And now we're going to move on to our next segment, Today in the Country. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Today in the Country. So Today in the Country, again, and at It's Just a Talk, is where we talk about things that are happening in nuestro país, en los Estados Unidos. If you are in los Estados Unidos, if you're not, then you get to find out what's happening in los Estados Unidos. I mean, I'm sure you've heard, and everybody has been hearing what's been happening. So let's get to it, yeah? So we're going to get a, get started with our Today in the Country with this thing that woke a lot of us up a couple of days ago. It was about four days ago where it was around como las dos de la tarde. Our phones were going crazy. First, I thought it was an Amber Alert. Then I saw it, and it said presidential alert. There's a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action needed. So la primera cosa que pensé was, este pendejo probably sat on the wrong button. You know, he probably can't feel his own, like, big ass. So, mejor se sentó, and he, uh, he accidentally sent the alert. But actually, when, when I was watching the news and reading different articles, people were saying that this presidential alert was actually sent by FEMA uh, because they were testing their test alert in case of an emergency, in case of, like, 
some sort of emergency where FEMA has to send it to the whole country. Which is pretty scary if you think about. Because usually FEMA helps at like natural disasters. But natural disasters usually don't happen for the whole country. Unless it's like they're preparing for something big. Which is what a lot of people were saying. A lot of people were saying that this was it. That they were testing it. They were preparing for World War Three and all this mumbo jumbo. I mean, it could be true. It could not be true. It, it could literally just be testing it. I mean, testing it. The tests alerts, but if you, a lot of people ran with it and started just making memes about it all around. So these are some of the my favorite memes that people made. People made when it said, presidential alert, it does not look like a mushroom, it's huge and glorious, trust me, it's huge. Another meme said, presidential alert, Mexicans get out of this country. <laughs> Another one said presidential word. How do I build a wall on Fortnite? <laughs> oh, yeah. Another one said presidential alert. You're not going to get into your major no matter how hard you try. People went off with these uh, presidential alert memes. Uh, if you found any that are particularly hilarious, please go ahead and send them to me. I would love to get a chuckle. Uh, send them to my social media at It's Just a Talk, all social platforms. Um, another, I guess, theory that people were, were saying were uh, presidential alert, the purge starts in 24 hours. I was like, yo, not funny, yo. Not funny. I don't have those, like, really expensive walls that you people paid on the first movie of The Perch. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to something else that obviously is happening here in the country. Uh, so last week, um, I really don't want to talk about this, but I feel like I have to talk about it. It's my duty as just telling people about things that are happening in the country. So, last uh, week, uh, Kavanaugh got confirmed. Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh got confirmed to the Supreme Court uh, by the Senate. Um, the Supreme Court, again, is the highest court in the law, I mean, in, in our land. Um, and he got nominated 50 to 48, which means that 50 senators uh, voted for him uh, to become part of the Supreme Court. Why is this important? This is important because, uh, A, Brett Kavanaugh, again, there was allegations of sexual misconduct. Whether they're true or not, um, the allegations were there. That's one. Two, Supreme Court justices are supposed to be impartial to parties. They're supposed to be impartial to Democratic or um, Republican, the Republican Party or any other party in our judicial system. Brett Kavanaugh obviously has showed in his hearing that he is not impartial to parties. He is very Republican, and he even we even got to see that during his hearing when he was angry and um, almost combative with the Democratic senators that were questioning him. So, 
what does this mean for the next couple decades in the country? This means that for the next couple decades in the country, every ruling that goes to the Supreme Court is going to go to a very, very conservative Supreme Court. Rulings that could possibly go to the Supreme Court are things that could possibly overturn things, rulings that the current Supreme Court has passed. For example, there's been talk that with this Supreme Court being so conservative now, people can easily sue the state, can sue their state or different states um, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to gay marriage, when it comes to affirmative action. And if the state does not solve it, then it will go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, being a very conservative Supreme Court, these rules or, or judgments that have already given people rights can easily be overturned if somebody um, contests them. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I don't think gay marriage should be legal. Great, it doesn't work that way. Enough people have to sue their state and then if the state Supreme Court cannot, I guess, um, rule on this, then it goes to the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court being as conservative as it will be for decades and decades to come um, will most likely overturn some of these rulings. They can take away some of our rights. It's a very sad time for the United States um, to be able to say that someone like him will now be part of the Supreme Court. The scary thing is that now Trump could possibly end up replacing three, even four of the justices that are currently on the, on the Supreme Court during his time. Yo, the thought of Trump nominating three, if not four more justices, is scary. So the next justice that will possibly be retiring is actually Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I was going to say Ginsburg. I'm sorry. This is the Espanol in me, okay? Like, my accent. Who's 85 years old. She was put in the Supreme Court in 1983. And then the second oldest after that is Stephen Breyer, who has been a justice since 94. He's 80. And then Clarence Thomas, uh, a.k.a. the first um, rapist to be on the Supreme Court, uh, hashtag I believe Anita Hill, is... 70, and he was a justice since 1991. So Trump officially has two more years before the next election. Um, so with that being said, if Ruth or Stephen retire, that means he can easily put forth another candidate to be on the Supreme Court, which would make the Supreme Court even that much more um, conservative. All right, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I'm I'm sure you've been just hearing about it up your ears. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to uh, something a little bit more funny that's a part of our country but didn't necessarily happen in our country. So uh, my homegirl... Uh, last week was Mean Girls Day, so happy late Mean Girls Day. Um, on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. Um, so our Mean Girls uh, caddy, esta, uh, Lindsay Lohan, about a week ago, uh, was seen punched in the face on her Instagram Live. I have no idea what's going on with her life. She's somewhere in, like, Greece or something. Uh, she's been doing some... Um, 
Like, she has, like, clubs and stuff that she's, like, opening up. So she started this Instagram Live, um, and she's walking around this city that she's at. Then she sees these, like, Syrian refugees, and she goes up to them. And first, it seems like she's going to, like help them out, but then she starts telling that these Syrian refugees are, like, kidnapping children, and she's trying to take the children away from them, and then this bitch gets socked in the face, like, en la cara, le una, una bofetada, and then, typical white woman behavior, she starts crying and being the victim when she's the one who started it. Girl, like, I don't know who you are. You ain't that big. Like, the Syrian people probably just thought you're some random white woman that's trying to take her children. Girl, I would punch you in the face, too. So, uh, with that being said, I'm going to move on to our next segment, Hoy en el Mundo. Welcome back to another segment of Hoy en el Mundo. So today at Hoy en el Mundo, we're going to go ahead and go all the way to Latino America. Vamos a Brasil, Brasilia. Brasil is having an, its, its election uh, this October. It actually started now. And the reason why this is important is because Brazil has their own Trump problems. I know. What? What are you talking about? Brazil has Trump? Brazil might very well have Trump. So in the in the current election, uh, there is two top candidates that are being voted on in Brazil. There is uh, Fernando Haddad, who is from the same party of the favorite. So originally the favorite to win was Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva, who just goes by Lula. And he was... N- uh, he dominated for the, the politics for the last 30 years, and Lula was a top contender to be the president in 1989, 1994, and 1998. He won the presidency in 2002 and was reelected by a landslide in 2006, leaving the office with 80% approval rating. He opened his protege Dilma Rousseff, elected to succeed him in 2010 and election, but then there was one problem. He was then put in jail. <laughs> so, uh, Brazil is, has a big issue with corruption. Corruption is huge in politics in Brazil. Like, there's been a huge landslide of politicians that have been getting caught in corruption scandals and been put in prison. Lula was a favorite to win, but then he was put in prison recently. So his successor, Fernando Haddad, is one of the two contenders for the presidency. He's not the Trump, though. The Trump is the person who is the favorite to win now. His name is Jair Bolsonaro. Jair Bolsonaro obviously is a Brazilian politician who served as a member of the Chamber of Deputies representing the state of Rio de Janeiro since 91. He is a member of the Social Liberal Party. Right now, he's a favorite to win. They had an elect a pre-election earlier. Um, I believe it was a couple uh, hours ago, actually. And Haid got 46% of the votes. And Fernando got 29% of the votes, which means that they'll go head-to-head in the second round of this election. Haid could have very easily have won this election if he got at least 50% of the votes. But because he didn't, now he's going up against Fernando Haddad. 
Now, Haid is being compared to president to Donald Trump. I was, oh my God, I hate when I call him president. He's being compared to Donald Trump. People are calling him the Trump of Brazil because of the horrible things that he's said, done, and expressed that he's going to do as a president of Brazil. A lot of people are voting for him because they're tired of all the corruption going on in Brazil, and they believe that if they bring someone that's not does not believe in the politics that are going on, that he's going to change the things, which is very much what people thought about este pendejo that we have in office now. So I got a couple things that he has said that are just outrageous and make him racist, homophobic, sexist, and just scary for the for the país de Brasil. The very first thing is he believes in dictatorship. He said this out loud. And in 1989 televised interview, he said, I am in favor of torture. You know that. And the people are in favor too. Through the vote, you will not change anything in this country. Anything. Absolutely nothing. Things will change, unfortunately, the day we start a civil war and we have one person in power and doing the work that the military regime did not do. Killing 30,000. Maybe more. Some innocent people will die, but it's okay. Legit es lo que dijo. Like, not in English. He said it in Portuguese, pero en todas maneras. In 2016, he dis- dis- dedicated his vote in favor of impeaching the democratic system in Brazil. Now, he promotes homophobia. He's a very homophobic person. In 2011, in a year Playboy, he said that he would be incapable of loving a homosexual child. They would rather have his son die than appear in a must with a mustache next to him. He's also said said that he thinks that spanking or beating a boy up will whip him out of that behavior and make him act like a man. So um he is a, has dictatorship dictator um I guess ways. He's homophobic, but he's also a misogynist. He jokes about rape and endorsing workplace discrimination. He, in 1990, in 2004, actually, when he was talking to a party legislator, Mariado Rosario, he went up to her and on camera said, I wouldn't rape you because you don't deserve to be raped. And he said, you do not deserve to be raped because you are very bad and you are an ugly woman. And he started pushing her and telling her that he was going to slap her across the face if she dared to put her hands on him. In 2015, Bolsonaro also argued that women should earn less money than men because they they get pregnant. And once they're pregnant, they don't do as much work as the men do. I'm sorry. As I'm reading these quotes, it sounds like I'm reading like shit that Trump does anyways. He's also racist against the poor, the black, and the indigenous people. In 2003, during a radio interview, he said, it is not that a person who can read and write is free of marginality. Margin, marginal, marginal, you know what I'm talking about. We have to adopt urgently, yes, against all, against everyone, especially human rights defenders, a strict birth control policy. People who are not fit to live a life of a citizen should not be allowed to procreate. Okay. He also said, 
In a public event in 2017, he's, he flagged by a Brazilian with an Israeli flag, Bolsonaro said, I went to Kikolomo, the lightest Afro-descendant weighed over arrobas, which means 225 pounds. They do nothing. They, they, I think they don't even serve to procreate. There will be not one centimeter of an indigenous or black reserve for these people. So, there's been a movement that started, hashtag not him, that women in Brazil have started all over. So, the election is coming up that's going to be against Jair Bolsonaro, the Brazilian Trump, and Fernando Haddad. So, if Brazil has learned anything from the United States, they really should go out and vote for Fernando Haddad. I mean, it's not going to change the way things are. But it's better than Jair Bolsonaro. I'm just saying. So that's what's happening in El Mundo. Uh, tell me what else is happening in the world. I would love to hear on my social media and my email. Again, that's at it's just a talk. Email talk at gmail. And we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment where I get to talk some shit. I've been waiting for this today. It's that time of the podcast that we all love. It's my favorite part. I get to do my favorite thing. I, we talk some truth. We talk some tea. Now, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, señoras, señores, todos los demás, es tiempo para talk some shit. Let's talk about some basura. Yeah, let's do this. Today, I hate to give him more time, but I just have to talk some shit about este pendejo Trump. So on a rally last week, Trump was seen talking to his supporters, the Trumpsters, where he was seen making fun of Dr. Ford. Again, Dr. Ford is the woman who so eloquently and so bravely uh, came forth to accuse um, Brett Kavanaugh of what he had done years ago to her. So Trump took it upon himself on his rally to talk shit about her and make fun of her testimony, making fun about saying that she didn't remember where, that she didn't remember how, that she didn't remember who, but that's not true. If you saw the testimony, she specifically said where, she specifically said how, and all of the above. But what Trump is trying to do is he's trying to victimize the man. That's what he's been trying to do. He's trying to make it seem like the Me Too movement is not a scary time for women, but it's a scary time to be a man. And that is very problematic when people, the Trumpsters, and even other people start to believe that it's not scary time to be a woman, but it's a scary time to be a man. And that's exactly what he was doing by saying that this woman was ruining this man. He even went ahead and made up a, a a fake story about a boy who got his dream job, and then all of a sudden, uh, he's talking to his mom, and he tells his mom, I love my life, everything I've worked for is happening, but now there's a stranger saying that I 
sexually assaulted her and I've never met her, but I lost my dreams and my job and everything I've ever dreamed for. What he's doing is he's trying to role reverse the victim role. And he's been doing this for a while. He's been doing this about different things. But it's a scary thing of how well he does it. And how well the Trumpsters have begun to believe that these rapists, these um, sexual assaulters are the victim and not the women. So for that, Mr. Trump, I want to give you a big fuck you. And I found this very eloquently written song that someone on Twitter wrote that I want to play for you. I can't walk to my car late at night while on the phone. I can't open up my windows when I'm home alone. I can't go to the bar without a chaperone. I can't wear a mini skirt if it's the only one I own. I can't use public transportation after 7 p.m. say today again there's a link on my social media for you to easily download the voter pal app and register yourself and friends to vote it is not okay what's happening in this country that we are normalizing sexual assault and rape when two supreme court justices in the last 20 years have been accused of sexual assault and rape and the women are not believed and they still move on to the highest court of the land there's something wrong going on. So men, I need you to not fight for women because they they can fight for themselves. They're just as capable. I need you to fight right along them. So fuck you, Mr. Trump. All right, we're going to move on to La Opinion. Yes, 
right, welcome back to La Opinion, the section where you ask me questions, you want your opinion, my personal stories, or whatever you just want to hear, and I go ahead and answer them. Today I'm going to find time to answer at least two questions. The first question is my favorite question that people keep asking me. My friend Eric actually asked me my favorite way. He said, Maori, why are men basura? Basura. I'm going to tell you why men are basura. Men are basura because nobody calls them out on their shit. Like, we believe that we can get away with shit, and when we get caught, we ignore it. I'll give you an example. Most recently, I was talking to someone, and I would say was talking, because, you know, bitches are longer in the picture. And he said... They always say all the right things, like, oh, you know, I'm just looking for something serious. I want to settle down soon. You know, I want to find someone that I can date for a couple years, maybe get married, blah, blah, blah. To me, that's cute, but it's also scary. Because I'm like, bitch, I don't know if I want to get married in a couple years. Do you mean like four or one? Anyway, so I went with it. We went on a couple dates, whatever. Um, And then this weekend, myself, okay. A couple episodes back, I talked about how the gay community is hella small. Everybody knows everybody. And uh, when you're as social as me, you just know gente. Not because I'm a hoe, but because I know people. I was going on Instagram on Saturday, and tell me why I saw one of my friends was hanging out with him on like in the city. And I was like, oh. So I messaged him. And I was like, hey, how do you know so-and-so? And he's like, oh, we're kind of talking. We're getting to know each other. We've been talking for a while. I think it's going to be serious. How do you know him? My bitch ass said, oh, you know, just friends. I was like, oh, it's so cool that you know him. The three of us should hang out. And my friend was like, yes, we should totally hang out. Obviously, I'm not going to hang out with them. But I still... You mean if I was petty enough, if I was petty label, petty wop, whatever you want to call me, I would show up and hang out with them and make it really fucking awkward for him and make him see that he's nothing but basura. So why are men basura? Because they think they can get away with it. So somebody needs to call them out and be like, I know you're a basura. I can see right through your shit. I'm moving on. So, Eric, this is why men are basura. All right, next question I'm going to uh, answer is from my friend Nacho, and he asks, when is it okay to be someone Sancho? Um, so for those of you that don't know, un Sancho is like the other woman, the other man or whatever. So when is it okay to be someone Sancho? Well, Nacho, I personally wouldn't be comfortable being someone Sancho. I'm no one second choice. I will tell you that. I'm either the first choice or no choice at all. And por eso, I, I drop men to try to just make me one of the list. No, boo-boo, I'm not going to be part of your list. O soy el único o no soy nada. Por eso, I be dropping basura de aquí para allá. But, I guess if I have to be someone Sancho, I would say the best time or the only reason I would think to be someone Sancho is if they're, like, in like, an arranged marriage, maybe, like, they're helping a friend, like, get their green card or something, uh, and so, 
that qualifies you as a Sancho, um, even if someone's not happy in a marriage or a relationship, I wouldn't want to be the Sancho just because then you're the other man, you're the other woman. And what do you expect with this person if they're not man or woman enough to break up with their partner and realize that it's not working? What's the guarantee that then they're going to be okay with you? I'm just saying. So, Nacho, I would say, don't be someone's Sancho. Be someone's only one, okay? All right, so now we're going to go ahead and finish up this episode. I'm going to get a couple things out of my mind. Fuera de mi mente. Fuera. Fuera. First of all, uh, if you have not watched on Netflix, there is this new show called Made in Mexico. I was really excited. I was like, oh, my God, I get to see Mexico DF or Ciudad Mexico, CDMX. I'm sorry. Uh, o sea, somos CDMX. And then I get to, like, just reminisce when I was there, uh, find out new things that I might want to do, uh, see my people, my culture. But no, I didn't get to see my people. The only time I got to see my people is when they, they, they these characters had interactions with their nannies or their or the help. It, it when I say made in Mexico, it is the whitest Mexican representation ever. It is so white, like all the characters are white Latinos, and most of the characters are not even like from Mexico. Like their parents or their grandparents immigrated from other places. So made in Mexico, not representation of what Mexico looks like, not representation of who the people are. So yes, I finished it. Because I still want to give the Latino shows ratings on Netflix so that they continue to make other Latino shows. But I will say I talked a lot of shit porque Made in Mexico is also white. And that shit needs to change. Uh, another thing that I want to get out of my, my head, uh, Dodgers, I'm just saying, Dodgers going to go to the World Series, but I got out of semana. So get your Dodger blue ready, porque the Dodgers are going to go to the World Series, and we just might win it this time, I'm just saying. So all my friends that are Giants fans, they were talking shit about how the Dodgers only have six World Series wins, and the Giants have seven. Bitch, we just might match up with you, okay? And before I leave, uh, my favorite thing that happened this this week was uh, my Miss Tyra Banks posted a teaser picture on her Instagram. They are now filming Life Size 2. If you don't know what Life Size 1 is, I need you to go one 2 3 moviescom and look it up. And it's one of my favorite childhood movies is when Tyra Banks is a doll and she becomes a real-life woman. They're filming Life Size 2. And I cannot wait for Life Size 2 or even Space Jam 2 with LeBron James to come out. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and exit and uh, go ahead and give a subscribe. Uh, give it five stars on podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, like it on SoundCloud. Subscribe to my social media, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at It's Just a Talk. If you want to go ahead and talk to me and want to be part of La Opinion or just have any opinions about what I have talked about in the last episode, Go ahead and email me at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmo.com And I'll see you for episode 006 Y recuerden, la vida es un carnaval Love you all, chao